This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review the first season of HBO's The Last of Us. Plus, Oscars reactions, John Bernthal returning as the Punisher, Bob Iger not sure the MCU needs sequels, Michael B. Jordan creating a Creed universe on Amazon, The Mandalorian, and more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. <laughs> oh, hi. I didn't hear you come in. This is Ross Marquand from The Walking Dead, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Now, if somebody could please explain to me what a geek boner is, my life would be complete. Until then, rock on, nation. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Crabs out there. What's up, listener? Hello, and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. And he's the nerd. And joining us is my felty brother from another mother. It's Rug Boy. What's up, Rugs? What's up, motherfuckers? How's everybody feeling? I had an alternate line for that. I was going to go, it was either that one or my felty brother from another rubber, but I wasn't sure what that meant. That's kind of weird. Mm. Wait a minute. Usually your intros have a little bit more teeth than that, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, you know what? The teeth come and go sometimes. That all depends on where the moon is these days. So I'm trying to analyze this. So uh, I'm a brother from another rubber. Meaning that uh, what exactly happened? Uh, yeah, we were, your whoever fathered us was banging both of our moms at the same time. Uh, yeah, Is that yeah, that sounds like a TV show that's on Bravo or something. Yeah, okay. Uh, that's so a, we're cousins. Yeah, it's like a Maury Povich episode. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my filthy brother from another mother. All right, big week, big show planned. Got a lot to discuss. Let's get into it. The Jock, Jock and Ned Podcast. We got to do Oscars talk, Oscars recap. We just had uh, the 95th annual Academy Awards held this past weekend, uh, and it was uh, it was fun. It was a fun three and a half hour long fucking broadcast. Okay, uh, viewership was pretty good this year. Eighteen point seven million people tuning in. Oh shit! Uh, which is up from last year, but about twelve percent, and it's at a three year high. But also. This is the lowest viewers they've had all time in the Oscars. It's like what? the yes. How does that make sense? It's a it it's the highest since it's the it's twelve percent over last year, eighteen point yeah. seven. But the Oscar numbers for the last few years are amongst the lowest oh, viewed okay. Oscars. It made me think about what is the highest Oscars. I had to look it up. Turns out way back nineteen seventy three, eighty five million people. Oh shit! Tuned in. To the fucking Oscars. I think the Godfather won Best Picture that year. Oh, wow. But it, it, still, 18.7 million is not a shabby number. That, no, that is something. Almost 20 million people watching something. Also, back then, there was only like three channels. Like, yeah. There was nothing to watch. Yeah, was, but, it was like people, like old people watching. Yeah. And, like, but just for TV. reference, Super Bowl, what do we got? Super Bowl was like 15 million, maybe? Not 15. Get the fuck More? out of here. Look it up. No. 
15 million was the next show. I knew he was, would be wrong. Was the, sorry, yeah. 15 million was the show that premiered after the Super Bowl. The right. next level chef Super or whatever. Bowl 2023 had a total number of viewers of 113 million. Oh, 113. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. Come on, Imran. That's a lot more. <laughs> on, That's Imran. a lot more. That is obviously, I think the Super Bowl is the top three the highest, highest viewed things yeah. are Super Bowls. Yeah, so. that, that just puts it into perspective of yeah. uh, Oscars versus Super Bowl. Sure. And then when we get to so the, the jocks win again. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll compare yep. the numbers to the last of a season finale, which has decent numbers. But again, nothing compared to this. Anyways, did you guys catch any of the Oscars live? Did you watch? I did. You did. I watched a little. I watched a little. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. We got rug boy Polanski here. So. <laughs> Uh, yes he's the more he, he's more in tune this year with with the the oscar people and people of that ilk more so than i am so but, yeah regs what do you think of jimmy kimmel in the show overall i thought it was very safe show. yeah it wasn't like uh, there wasn't any i mean he did take some swipes at people yeah. and he did make some jokes about people that were kind of like a little bit like woo. but uh overall it wasn't like so crazy that it was like the slap, you Nobody know, got like where you at, Nobody gets where it was like there. No one was talking about anything that happened after the Oscars. It was, other than to me, the biggest thing that happened was that lady wore the giant headdress. So that was hilarious. That was Thames. Yeah. No, whatever, musical whatever. artist Thames. Did you see her in the audience? Anthony, she had a big white. I felt no. bad for whoever was sitting behind her. In fact, all the she people like a, a veil, her. like a giant veil. It was like that a was wreath. Just like, it was like a white wreath around her head. It's a huge asshole move. <laughs> I, she wanted publicity and she got it. Don't so, but not tents. everyone thinks you're a douche. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, no, I thought it was a fun, a fun show. They decided to sh- show all twenty-three categories again, which is yeah. why it was kind of three and a half hours. What did you think, Anthony? Overall of the program? Overall, I thought it was all right. I mean, the big story, other than the ratings, I think the ratings we can attribute to more popular movies, but I think. The big story, obviously, is the fact that everything, everywhere, oh, all at once, just come dominated. You know, seven awards. My my question to you guys, since I haven't seen it, is one: out of what you've seen this year, did it deserve it? And two: when you saw it happen, because you guys were both talking about it, maybe Imran more so. Yeah. Did you think at the time when you saw it that it was going to be an Oscar movie? Well, wait. Let me let's break down the numbers real quick. Because yes, everything everywhere won seven out of its eleven nominations, which is yeah. wild. This includes Best Picture, I think Best Screenplay. Uh, Michelle Yeoh wins. Kehui Kwan wins. Jamie Lee Curtis wins Best Director. It is the most won by a Best Picture winner in fourteen years. You have to go back to two thousand and eight and Slumdog Millionaire that won eight movies that night. And here's eight, an, eight awards. Eight awards. Sorry, it won. Slumdog won eight. This one seven. Here's a crazy stat: It is the only film in the ninety-five years to have won seven above-the-line Oscars, and the, only the third in Oscar history to win three acting awards after Streetcar Named Desire and Network. Uh and no? yeah, I mean, I think absolutely well deserved, well deserved yeah, okay. awards. And did you think when you saw it that it was going to be this kind of movie, where it would be the Oscar movie? That's kind of surprising. Because it is a quirky, weird A24, like kind of cleaning up also. I think it definitely stands out because of the the editing more. The editing and the, the directing and the script are all kind of just wacky and like not something that you, you're used to seeing. And I mean, the, the movie's a wacky movie. It, it There's no bearing on reality or science or anything. It's just kind of like a movie that needs to do what it does to tell the story. 
And um, I don't think it's brilliant in that in that term. I think it's brilliant in that it took a lot of like risks and tried to do a lot of things. Uh, like at one point, there's um, they they turn into rocks and yes, they're just talking they're just on a talking bluff. Caps is- and they had the balls <laughs> to do that. So like it was, it was like a ballsy movie. I don't know if it's a if I would have had it win all of those things. Maybe I would have just maybe would have been screenplay for me and editing. And maybe direction, but I don't know about best picture. I don't know about all these acting awards. I don't know if that merits it either. Um, there were so many crazy acting things that I saw that were just kind of uh, uh, incredible. Like, in my opinion, like just like Colin Farrell being the penguin was more impressive than most of the acting and everything everywhere all at once. But like, mm. um, that's just my personal opinion. Like, I thought that. Uh, just as far as that. And I've seen other performances that were just as crazy um, in other movies. So I don't know. I, I, I think that mo- I would say half of the, the stuff that they got was, was probably deserved, but the other stuff was like maybe reaching a little far, but I'm glad that they won. Uh, it uh, Cause I'm glad that that's the, that's the kind of like message through uh, for the, for the Oscars that like, you know, like something like this could happen, like yeah. a miracle like this yeah. could happen. Mm-hmm. Miracle, miracle movie could come out of nowhere and win. Um, So I did enjoy that. I know it's a movie I like. It's not like I don't like the movie. It's, it's I like so, it a lot. It's the originality. The yeah, it's just a wacky ass movie. It's so trippy. It is fucking wacky. It's up right up my alley. Kind of like eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Kind of trippy yeah. and mind bendy. But man, I'm glad K K week one one data short round. Uh, that's that's great for him. And Michelle Yeoh becomes the first Asian woman to win an Oscar. I did feel Angela Bassett uh, best got a, actress Oscar because there are yes. Asian women that won. Oh, Oscar. oh, for the best actress. Actor. Yes, that yeah. that in that uh, category. Best yeah. actress, first Asian woman yeah. supporting. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis wins over Angela Bassett. I was kind of. I don't sad. think that should have been a win. There, I think but that's like, a snub there a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Angela Bassett is the winner either. Yeah, to be honest with you. Because we I, she was barely in Black Panther, and uh, you know, like uh, she did Marvel acting. I, I don't think it was Oscar acting. I don't know. I don't it know. It was if there's, powerful though. Who? Uh, so the others were Hong Chow from The Whale, Carrie Condon from Banshees of Inisherin, and Stephanie Sue from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Everything at two. Who? Wow. Who would you have given it to instead? Who's who's the uh, the again the uh, Angela Bassett, Hong Chow from the Whale, Carrie Condon, Banshees, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Stephanie Sue, both from Everything Everywhere. I think Stephanie Sue had a bigger part, I think, than a lot of that than, is true. Uh, and she was yeah. singing with David Byrne in the musical performance. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, I I probably maybe would give it to Angela Bassett now that I think about the size of the parts. Yeah, because Kelly Kelly Carrie Condon or whatever her name is. In Banshees was very good too. I didn't see the whale, but I I can imagine that that was a. I think that was the nurse that had to deal with the the whale. Okay, right? yes, the I over- think she was like the, at, the yeah, and she was in also that uh the, the menu. Oh, she was as, in the menu. She was the the assistant. Yeah, yeah and she, she was, was great, great in that yeah, too. She was great. So I can that. imagine that she yeah. was just as good as in, in that one as well. So uh, I don't know. It, I think that's a roll of the dice on that one. I don't think there's a clear person that would. uh that would have won that. 
So uh, that's a tougher one. Couple other notable things. Ruth Carter wins again for best costume design for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, making her the first black woman to win two Oscars. That's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, well, they did a great the job. Costumes are amazing. Yes, sure. Those costumes are always amazing. Avatar picks up best visual effects as it should. That's all I got. Yep. RRR wins best song. Yeah, yeah. they performed it. Yes. Did you guys? What did you think of the performances? I wanted to talk about not to not to. That was a great number. It, it's good. I mean, it, they tried to they tried to bring out what the movie did. The yeah. movie is obviously so much more epic, but they tried as they tried as oh my as god, much the scene of the movie with that song is amazing. But they tried to bring it to the stage. Uh, the Gaga going stripped down. This is a woman who wore was used to wear a meat dress and makeup, and I loved her stripped down uh, take on that uh, Top Gun song. Uh, right, makeup at all? Yeah. She, she, sounds sounds a little bit like the edge of glory, but it okay. does. She, I thought she did a good job. And then Rihanna <laughs> doing the Black Panther song was pretty amazing. I think I missed that part, uh, yeah. which led me to uh, come to the realization that Rihanna's unborn baby now has performed at the Super Bowl and the Oscars. Can you imagine that baby when it grows up? I could just watch this and be like, yeah, look, there I am. And my mom's belly right there. 80, 18 million people watch this. They watch. That never crossed my mind, but that's a good point. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's odd. You don't, very, you don't yeah. get very much video of yourself no. in the belly. Whatever that alone kid's name there. is, the most famous embryo of all it time. It is the most <laughs> famous womb baby. What do you think, Anthony, of the musical stuff? Uh, I didn't see too much. Okay. I saw that. I saw Lady Gaga, and I, I was confused at it because I didn't recognize it was her. Right. <laughs> I saw the Natu Natu one, and I thought it was interesting that they had all these different races out there. I didn't. Re- I haven't seen the movie. Yeah, no, it's all Indian people in the movie. There's some white people, but they're the English. But in the movie, yes, they're all. Were they Were they singing in Telugu? Uh, yeah, it was. I think yeah. it was like Hindi or Telugu. Like I don't know what that. Come on, don't you understand all that stuff? Because Natu Natu means dance, and in Urdu, it's like Nacho. Nacho, nacho, uh, nacho. So it's similar. Oh, so it's nacho libre. Nacho yeah, libre. Yeah, nacho no, that's mama. A movie. Yeah. Free yeah. nachos. Yes. Free my nachos. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. Um, I think overall too, just for the Oscars again, I haven't seen everything ever all at once. I probably will watch it at Shit, some point it's since it's one. I, I think it. uh, it's nice to see from what I've gathered that uh, in the last couple of years, what what defined an Oscar movie isn't really. It's kind of changing. Yeah. You know, two yeah. three years ago, you had or Parasite, which is a foreign film. Last year you had Coda, which is a sign language like about deaf people film, and then that one's a little more Oscary. But then this one is definitely not Oscary if you would compared it to a lot of other stuff. So it's nice to see them, oh, yeah, picking stuff that uh, is you know a little bit outside the box. I think everything everywhere all at once had the momentum though. If if you look at all the awards Absolutely. this year, it was I winning everything. That's so. why they picked up all of them. It just got people got swept up. I mean, seeing him, K. Will Kwan hug Harrison Ford was also great. Like, uh, it, it, you know, 40 years Mom, apart. I want an Oscar. Yeah. I mean, and Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, speech was also good where she's like, we want an Oscar. He was emotional. Brendan Fraser. Good for Brendan Fraser. Finally win an Oscar. This dude is, it started in Encino Man and shit. With, right? with, with KK Juan. Yeah. They were both in that movie. Yeah. And now he's a Oscar winner. Oh, your boy Guillermo del Toro takes home the best animated uh, movie or Pinocchio. Or Pinocchio. Yeah, I got as watch it should. That. I still haven't watched that. Um, and uh, Banshees and Tar get fuck all. They walk away with nothing, even though they had tons yeah, well, of nominations. Yeah, I thought it was a. Both were great films. I I finished Tar. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I feel like that they were both really well directed. 
masterfully uh, assembled movies, but we've seen kind of stuff like that before. I don't know if we've seen stuff like Banshees of Inishirin, but uh, before quite the way they, they did it, but it, yeah, they were kind of more conventional, just a little bit more conventional. I mean, everything everywhere all at once is, is really um, unconventional. Um, why do you think so many people tuned in? I think, is it because they added Top Gun and Avatar and all that other shit that's, uh, that are kind of like everything everywhere all at once, like had a big, uh, theater presence? Maybe is that why people tuned in, do you think? I think all of that. I think all of that. I think also maybe the slap. Maybe people were like, oh, what crazy shit's going to yes, happen this year? Yes, that's definitely part of it. Right? So you have all, you have big movies. You have Elvis too. You don't forget. So oh, $200 Elvis million. Elvis got nothing million either. I got snubbed. Movie. So you have those three plus everything everywhere, a hundred million dollar movie, and then you have um, the slap, and I think it was just a, a, a good combination of movies this year where they picked a lot, they picked stuff, a mix of art house things you've seen, big blockbuster, uh, Oscar-y type movies, Netflix movies, streaming movies. So it was a good mix, war movie with every, all quiet on the Western Front. I mean, they have these movies that kind of have like these rabid fans, right? Like everything, everywhere, all at once has ton, ton of fans and support. R R R R. Top Gun Maverick was heralded, so they did a they did a really good job. If they're looking to like pick movies that you could turn, you know, turn and be like, mm, maybe, maybe that'd be best picture. Like I think they picked a really good crop of movies this year. It was well rounded as far as the mix. Yeah, well rounded. It was weird that Tom Cruise wasn't there. I don't think he ever is going to go out in public at a thing anymore because he's just. I think he's too weird now. I don't know. <laughs> the man i mean jimmy kimmel made a joke like the man who brought everybody back to the theater refused to come to the theater like why well, wasn't he there? he was just interviewed by uh i think jimmy kimmel on a show or something oh really so, uh, yeah I, what i i found out is that tom cruise is a horrible interview yeah i don't uh, think he's, he's very straightforward yeah and yeah. he doesn't like really have like this gregarious personality he's just very kind of like direct and to the point and uh he's sincere and everything but he's not like a personality personality he's a robot i don't know yeah <laughs> on on the ratings front just to reference yeah in 2020 yeah. before covid yeah. it was, they had 23 million and then okay the next year they had a low of 10 yeah 2021 2022 16.6 and then this year 18.7 so it's actually trending back up almost back to pre-covid yeah that 2021 one was that that was the one held in union station that was not good everybody had masks on remember they everyone, were sitting yeah, at no tables like that one and then the, that was a complete yeah. disaster too yes. because they actually ended it that year that was the year i was into the uh, well, with the in memoriam bit right or the no no they ended it with um instead of doing best picture to end the show they did best actor That's because right. they thought it would be chadwick boseman's crowning yes. moment as he dies and it was actually Sir Anthony Hopkins that wins the award and he's not even in And he wasn't there. That's <laughs> great. Like, oh, that, was a, oh, that one was I, a debacle. Yeah. I think another thing that they did that's different is right now that there's like kind of this trend of like uh not wanting to hear celebrities like fucking like make speeches that yeah. are like political and shit. And uh that was toned down a little bit. Yeah. Like yeah. you could see that there wasn't like that wasn't the focus. It's like enjoy the moment. We want to celebrate with you, let you won, and you guys did a great job creating this art. And uh, you know, I, I just remember that moment a long time ago with the MTV movie awards when Fiona Apple won and she made that speech oh, and right. she like completely killed the moment yeah. of that fun time. Yeah. And that's what like 
And she wasn't even being political. She was just talking about like how fucking fake everything is. But like, it's like you do that. That's not the place to do it because now you're just pissing everyone's party right there. So uh, I'm glad they they didn't do that that much. It wasn't like this thing that was intrusive. Uh, Yeah, we got certain vibes, certain things were said. And that's all that's all fine. Like, it's just when it's overly done and it's just like, hey, man, I'm trying to have fun. Like, why celebrating you guys win these awards like and and I think they kept it to that level where it was actually uh, fun and uplifting, and it was a, seemed like a very positive experience. So I want I want to say that because I did notice that that was a little different. The it tone. felt like a celebration. I thought Kimmel did a good job keeping it light, and the jokes were good. Uh, the other movie that I was really glad in the beginning was wanting a lot was All Quiet on the Western Front. I think it wins four awards. It's a fucking great war movie. If you haven't I haven't seen it, seen it but I so good. Everyone who's oh. seen it has told me that that should be the best picture. It is Saving oh, Private yeah, Ryan good. It's entirely in German, and it's amazing. I've heard really good yeah. things. I mean, yeah. yeah, it sticks with you. I got to make a, um, I, uh, Babylon and that are now able to watch on streaming. So I got to get a chance to watch those. I think the whale is those. on Hulu. A lot of these movies are now everywhere. Uh, the whale, I'm, I didn't know the whale was a Darren Aronofsky yes. film until like very recently. Aronofsky's awesome, so I got to check that out. Um, so he was getting they were like they were getting some shit for the whale winning best um, makeup um, from the, the large community, saying, "Well, why don't you just fucking hire a fat actor or whatever?" But I didn't know that that, that was like digital prosthetics. Some of that it it looks amazing. The effect. It's acting. It is. It's, act, act. it's acting. Exactly. <laughs> but man, what they did to Brendan Fraser from the clips they showed, I was like, that fucking looks. I don't know how they did that. It looks so real. So eh, we get there. Whatever. It's acting. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> good stuff. Good year in movies. Good celebration. Listener, let us know what you think. Join this conversation. You could join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. Uh, there's a link in the show description. It is a closed exclusive group just for you, just for us. Join it. All right, let's move on to some geeky MCU news. Guys, get excited. Geek boner. Uh, John Bernthal is back as the Punisher, baby. Oh, nice. Pretty much. Not Frank Grillo. Not, God it, damn well, it. Frank Grillo would have been <laughs> a great pick, but he's almost 60, that Frank Grillo. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, he is returning. He will be in Daredevil Born Again, joining... Charlie Cox, Vincent D'Onofrio for the 18 episode season, which I think started shooting recently. Is this? Oh, yeah, I think it's shooting. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? Are you excited for him to return? He is a great Punisher. I like him as Punisher. I think that um, I am very uh, interested to see, curious to see how they handle such a character in the Marvel universe. Are they going to go more superhero-y? Are they going to go more, a little bit wacky with the Punisher? Does he wear the skull even? This is a Disney thing. This is a Disney Plus show. Does he wear the skull? I don't know, like, if they're going to pussy out on that, because might. I bet they've, they like, cause a lot of people are co-opting that skull for nefarious purposes or whatever, or purposes that are not that savory, and they should take it back. They shouldn't, like... <laughs> They shouldn't like waver. They shouldn't be like, oh no, like let's redefine what the skull means and like like you know, let's let's fucking take it back ownership. Don't let other people fucking co-opt your fucking symbology and shit. Like and that's what they're doing. Like, oh, we're not gonna use it anymore. If they if they don't, 
then that's weird. I think they should definitely use it they and they the should one, embrace it. The new one from the comics with the horns and like the tooth, the long teeth. You see that uh, one? Whatever. <laughs> like why? Well, you know, you don't need to do that. Make a different skull. Just make the skull a little different. Like that's all. You don't have to do it. Just don't do the ones that they're using. Do like a different. There's plenty of skulls you can use that are different. That would be just as visually like. There's a million ways around it. That's all I'm saying. Anthony, does he wear the skull? And does this mean they know each other, or will they not have met? How does this work? Oh, uh, as does he wear the skull? I don't know. I hope he does, but you know, I agree with rugs. Don't let, don't let the, the don't let a small segment of society <laughs> yeah, take something from design. you that you created and make turn it into something else. Like you own that. But anyways, um. As far as him on the show, I'm also curious. I hope this is a sign in the right direction that they're going to make this show. I'm not asking for Netflix type show, mm-hmm, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know that you can. I don't know that you want to do that, right? Because it's you want to make this its own little thing. So I, I'm not asking for Netflix level violence, but I don't want She-Hulk either, right? I want I want something closer to what these characters are, and I'm yeah. hoping that by casting John Bernthal as a Punisher, that they're leaning more towards the seriousness of what this kind of character is. Um, yeah, and I am curious to see what they do as far as, cause they made daredevil definitely a lot more superhero-y in, in his appearance in She-Hulk than he ever was in his own show. Yeah. With how he was flipping around and stuff and jumping off buildings. So definitely curious about that. Um, as far as do they know each other? I think the way Marvel is going to handle it is probably some sort of, they've like, it's like if you did watch those shows, you will watch this and you'll know that they kind of know each other and they don't need to explain it type thing. Well, the three of them have history, don't they? So is any of that they were in each play? other's show? Yeah. And Fisk too, right? And they, they, Fisk, they've yeah. all so they, fought each other. <laughs> I think they're just going to run with like the fact that there's all this, all this history in the past between yeah. them and they won't really point to anything specific. But again, if you've watched the Netflix stuff, you'll be like, okay, I can point to that. And if you didn't watch the Netflix stuff, you'll just be like, "Oh, they've known each other. They've had history." I'm glad they're bringing him back. Uh, he, I yeah, think, yeah. he's, he's a he's fucking, great. he's a great Punisher, great actor. They've, but they have recast Vanessa Fisk, and there is probably doubt that um, Karen, Karen Page and Foggy yeah, and those people. I don't think, even though it's called Born Again, you need a Karen Page. So they're probably going to recast the Karen Page. Uh, but if you bring back these three, solid. I think it's going to be Born Again in in name. And they okay. might take some stuff, but like season three of Daredevil was somewhat born again yeah. too. Yeah, yes, they already kind of did it. Is the thing right. we're gonna get sort a new of. Electra probably too. Oh yeah, there's Electra situation. Oh, that'll be. I hope you can't yeah. do Daredevil without Electra, right? right? No, so. you can't. You got to do the Frank Miller stuff. You got to make it look good. And I'm. I, this might tie. Do you it. think it? Do you think it's gonna be closer to the comics or completely on the? Like the show that we watch on Netflix is going to be the better show. Which what do you I think? mean, in the comics, in Born Again, Karen Page is a heroin addict that he has right. to save. Right? Will they show us that on Disney Plus? I'm thinking of only like Falcon and the Winter Soldier having that kind of heavy tone that this show needs. And if they're gonna, they're gonna have to make it darker. I don't know. The net, the Netflix stuff was really, I mean, legitimately, especially season one and then even season three was legitimately like really good television, yeah. great stuff. Yeah. So that's a high bar. I don't know if they can hit that bar. Um, 
I don't think they're going to hit that bar. <laughs> but as long as they, as long as it's good and not, again, She Hulk is as long as it's not something that meanders and is it is the tough we've the type of stuff we've been seeing from Netflix, uh, Netflix, excuse me, Netflix, Disney Plus. As long as it's not that, um, where you kind of just watch it. I think the the biggest thing about the Disney Plus shows is you watch it and then you forget that it even happened like a month later. Like that's the, the biggest yeah. thing is most of those shows are just okay, which is fine, but like there's nothing they don't have anything that's hitting other than when they first had WandaVision come out and yeah. maybe Loki. Like everything else since then has just been eh, okay. And then you just kind of the only thing that really other the only other thing that really resonated was She Hulk because it just pissed everyone off. <laughs> well, it's crazy because like at this point in time, we have such huge budgets on these shows now, like with all the streaming wars and like Amazon making the most expensive show of all time. And people know what to expect. We just watched The Last of Us and that had a huge budget and it, it looked great. And uh, yeah, so these Marvel shows have not been that memorable. They've spent money on it, but like it just it. Yeah, it, it doesn't ever rise to the level of being memorable, uh, and uh, they need to do something about that. I don't know what it is. Maybe they maybe scaling back and quality control, and like really like putting the money and making the money work for it. That um, that is the perfect segue to my next point. I was gonna say he 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 set that up right he, for he you. Teed that up perfectly, rugs. Because I wanted to talk about these comments uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger made at this Morgan Stanley conference, talking about Disney, talking about Marvel. He said a couple of interesting things uh, regarding the number of movies coming out. He said, "Quote: Sequels typically work well for us." Then he goes, do you need a third and a fourth, for instance, or is it time to turn to other characters? That's weak sauce. All right. That's interesting that he's like, because you got what? You got three AMA movies. You got four Such a straw movies. Man. Uh, yeah. And here, this is interesting. And this guy, like, I think he's very straightforward. He just says what's on his mind. He says, quote, there's nothing in any way inherently off in terms of the Marvel brand. But I don't know about that. He goes, I think we just have to look at what characters and stories we're mining. And you look at the trajectory of Marvel over the next five years, you'll see a lot of newness. We are going to turn back to the Avengers franchise, but with a whole different set of Avengers that I find interesting. I think we knew this kind of, but yeah, dude, this doesn't sound like anything we didn't already know. No, but, yeah. but he is saying like, nobody is returning. There's, you know, and right now there's no like anchor character really in the MCU. Like we had, for many years. Well, we knew that they were going to set up a new Avengers with all like Kate Bishop and all these other, you know, we knew this, right? We didn't, didn't we know this? We knew uh, yes, yeah, we knew this. I, I saw something on the internet and I agreed with it. And I think among the many problems with phase four, I think one of the big things is what made you really enjoy those first three phases um, when they were introducing new characters is that they wrote in the heart of these characters yeah. like you really fell in love with with yes. iron man and with with tony as, yeah. and with uh steve as captain america and and you liked thor and you fell in love with star lord and and you know black panther and right now like amongst all the new characters they've introduced there's no one that really has that kind of love yet they haven't they've kind of forgotten the fact that you really got to give these characters something to latch on like people you gotta la give something for these people really latch on like the only characters i like are like i personally like shang chi i like miss marvel yeah. but i don't love them the way i loved 
Steve in the first in Avengers, uh, for, um, Captain America, the first Avenger. I don't love them as much. As I like Tony in the first Iron Man. Right. Yeah. No, you're so there's right. no one, you're as right. you mentioned, there's no one anchoring it right now yeah. that makes you go. I really want to see them again. These new characters had potential, and I think part of the problem was it was too much too soon. It like it, it, you you didn't get a chance to sit and grow with them. It was okay. Here's the other thing. What's funny is Marvel seems to be making the same mistake they made in the comics when they were introducing all these characters. They're doing it again. It was all. It was a little bit too much at once. Uh, so sounds like they're pulling back. Though. Yes. He also Bob Iger says he said they're going to con- concentrate on quality and not quantity, which is something right. you want to hear. That's always good. Uh, as far as Star- I had a lot to start, I had a lot to say about Star Wars. Star- as far as Star Wars, it's still a big mess. Um, he talks about how they used to make saga films. Uh, he says we made two so-called standalones in Rogue One and Solo. Rogue One did well. Solo was a little disappointing. It gave us pause to just think maybe the cadence was a little too aggressive. We decided to pull back a bit. We are still developing Star Wars films. We are going to make sure that when we make one, that's the right one. So we're being very careful careful there. So I think like Patty Jenkins film has been shelled. Oh, yeah. They're, 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 this is typical, though. I mean, his comments notwithstanding, this is typical Kathleen Kennedy yes. run because yes. Patty Jenkins had a movie in the pipeline. That's not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Kevin Feige was supposed to do something. Apparently, that's not going to happen anymore. That shelf, yeah. And we don't know when or what Taika Waititi's thing is. The uh, Game of Thrones guys, that's not happening anymore. So this is classic Kathleen Kennedy Star Wars, where they assign big names to movies and, and then projects, and then they them. don't happen. And then nothing <laughs> happens. Yeah. So it's wild. So Star Wars Celebration is coming up in April. They have to have an announcement of what the fuck they're doing with their movies. This is crazy. Like the, there's, a, they need the Star Wars in the theaters back. But I don't know what you do. There's hints. I don't think you need to go stampeding back to Star Wars on on screen. You don't. No. I think you can let it breathe for a little bit. Let the shows do what they do because I feel like okay, we got the Mandalorian and we got Andor, and those are nice, nice yeah, little bookends. Sure. And we got Ahsoka Tano coming out. And I think that let that let that kind of like uh, breathe a little bit. And then, you know, maybe they can do uh, they're like, hey, let's do the fucking Mandalorian story. Let's do like uh, the whole like uh, the the Vizsla story. Let's do that. Oh, that everybody cool. likes Mandalorian. Yeah. So like they might build all this kind of like anticipation for maybe a Tarvizla uh, as a, like a, a whole other saga. And they can do that, but they had like this alkalite shit that they were gonna do. Yeah, I don't the, know if they're did still doing it. Did you hear about that? There's a lawsuit. Like this lady got signed on as a producer, and she lost this other gig. And then they let, like you said, hit the Kathleen Kennedy. Somebody let her go just like two weeks later, and now she's suing them for millions of dollars because she lost out on shit. So it's just a mess over there. I don't know that the TV does work great, and you're right, Rugs. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, because right now they don't know. There's no direction that's clear to like what story to tell. Yeah, and they're kind of like uh, they did the Boba Fett thing. We're over Boba Fett now. Where Mandalorian is a much better character, I guess, a uh, more interesting and whatever. So he can. I think that maybe Ahsoka Tano can bring another end to it with the Jedi shit. So I think that those made two or three shows, and Andor obviously. Is giving you the story of the beginning of the thing. All we need to do 
is go back further to the old Republic, which we haven't done yet. And maybe the inception of the Jedi's and everything like that, like tell the story of like how this kind of religion got started and all that stuff. That would probably be a good where I think maybe that's where the, the alkalite was. I'm not sure if that's what that exactly was doing, but it was definitely an old Republic, um, like old back, back before all the star Wars shit. So that's like another end of the universe. We haven't really gone to, so like there's there's things that they could do, but like they're not they shouldn't be in a rush. They should wait for like like they should be able to see the interest of what's people are like kind of clamoring for and give the fans what they want. All baby Yoda all the time. That's what's gonna happen. <laughs> I feel like if if this Ahsoka Tana show is good, yeah, that that will because like there's an opportunity there to do a lot of Jedi shit. You could tell talk about the past, you could talk about the future. You could talk about Luke. You could talk about all that stuff, um, and and maybe see what people are 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 are, are into. Because like right now you're watching Mandalorian, right? You, I'm into this whole like Mandalorian planet. Like what happened? And yeah, yeah. The mystery and what this fucking monster is and all this other shit. Yeah, well, that second episode is great. We'll talk about that later. But yeah, so yeah, let's see what happens. There's no reason to rush. You just got to get past the Skywalkers. Also, how long is Kathleen Kennedy going to have that job, right? At some point. I heard that she was leaving. I thought she was, like, winding it up. I mean, she's going to want to leave at some point, and maybe things get better then. I think that she's waiting to get one more, like, go out on a high note type thing. thing. Mm, Interesting. Uh, All right. We'll see what happens with uh, Star Wars. Speaking of multiverses, we're going to end with this. Uh, Michael B. Jordan wants to create a shared mcu type verse called the creed verse in fact it's in the works at amazon uh and this uh, uh apparently he's talking about animated tv shows live action tv shows a spin-off focusing on adonis creed's daughter amara we reviewed the, sh- the movie creed 3 last week great fucking boxing film uh is this uh what do you guys think is he milking this too much or do we want to see an anime Creed show sounds kind of interesting, maybe. Uh, anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, but I, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I, I anything is possible, so like I'm not going to say style. no. But uh, yeah, it's not the first thing I would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I love the Rocky movies. I love the Creed movies. I mentioned this last week. I, I, I was gonna, I was gonna say the same thing as Rugs, except not exactly the way you said it. But I completely agree. Like, it, it could be good. Yeah. Like anything's possible like, with the right ideas and the right production and acting and whatever. It could be good. I don't think it's a great idea. <laughs> I don't know that there's a, a much to do in terms of like a whole Creed where you're doing TV show anime stuff. And I see that they're potentially going to do a Drago movie, which yeah. might be fine. You still got Victor um, Drago and Dolph Lundgren can be in it. But be I don't great. know that. I don't know that this is a whole. Hmm. I don't know that there's all of this like, like stuff you do at the soon. same time. Yeah, like I even though they've had three movies, it doesn't feel like enough. Like I think uh, there's enough to really uh, Creed verse like spin off what like spin off Drago. I mean, young Drago is that and and the daughter. And yeah, then, apparently a movie with a movie a spin off Drago movie, and then I guess. Yeah, I guess some sort of live action TV show with 
something or anime, anime series. series, which is yeah. weird. I mean, I think the last, the Creed three kind of finally does set it up to be its own Creed universe thing moving forward. But yeah, I thought this was interesting that now he's getting all but excited like, to expand this so quickly. You think, you think, okay. So the Rocky flagship, um, universe that's it it's self-contained it doesn't need spin-offs does it i mean it, and creed is the first spin-off so now you're talking about a spin-off of a spin-off yeah so that just automatically just makes me pause like it's also tough to it's kind of a wonder it's a wonder that they did creed and it's been working successful but i just don't see like how many boxing movies you can make or boxing stories you can make. I mean, the, the whole, the whole um, appeal of the Rocky movies and to some extent, the Creed movies was just kind of this underdog story all the time. Yeah. How but many times can you do that? How many times can you do that? <laughs> I really nine, eight, eight or nine movies. What is I it? I can't think of like what else you could do aside from what we already said, his daughter growing up being a boxer and maybe he finds- and like, how unlikely is it? Like it's already pretty unlikely that Rocky becomes a champion and then Creed becomes a champion and then like do these stories have the same weight if that the daughter or Drago doesn't become a champion and then it's like geez everyone that knows Rocky in some way or shape becomes or form champions. became a champion yeah, yeah. It's like that that's very unlikely to become a champion yeah it's a, it's a champion story but that's, and I love this yeah. I love I love Rocky <laughs> I love Creed I, I just I don't know. Has there ever been like a spinoff of a spinoff of a spinoff? I mean, right. on, that's what they're yeah. going with. Maybe on TV sitcoms, but not. I mean, not was really. it like okay, it's Happy Days and Laverne Shirley? Mork and Mindy also spun was, off. Uh, what was it? Happy the, Days. Uh, I'm Happy Days. Uh, yeah. The um. What's the well, dude we had that Buffy the, and Angel, and then that was it. The Angel the dude ended. living in the the apartment in the sky. Oh, the Jeffersons oh, spun off all of in the Archie family. Bunker. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then did anything spin off the Jeffersons? No. no. Right. Well, no. but Archie, but then Archie Bunker had like Archie Archie's had his own place. Yes. Yeah. Uh, all Family Matters is a spinoff of Perfect Strangers, but then we didn't get an Urkel show. And right. just the ten of us spinoff from Growing Pains. Oh, I could go on and on about the spinoffs. Yeah, you're the you're the. I could tell TV you show all guy. the fucking spinoffs, but the, we'll see. <laughs> We'll see how much you can what about, about move. What about, what about movie spinoffs? Movie spinoffs is different. I mean, you know, yeah, you think of like a movies. James Bond didn't really spawn a spinoff of anything. If anything, that would have. Um, John Wick is trying to spin off with this ballerina thing. So you got Gus and Furious. That's a couple of spinoffs. <laughs> yeah. Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and oh, Shaw. Well, actually, that, that, that movie with the Asian people oh, was a spinoff. Right. Or like actually like a tangential film. Right, right, right. Tokyo yes. Drift. Tokyo, right. No, not that one. It was um fuck. <laughs> the one where Sang Sang Hung. Yeah, it's the unofficial Fast and Furious movie. No, no, that's not unofficial. Um, it's a, it's in a movie. The Fast. Yeah, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Fast. Well, the, that's the Fast and just mildly angry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was better luck tomorrow. Oh, Better, Better Luck, Luck tomorrow. tomorrow was a 2002 crime drama, and then that was actually part of the Fast and Furious. That's where Sang Kung Han was in. Oh, yeah. I, I always talk about that film. I didn't know that was part of the Fast and Furious. Oh, yeah. We did talk about that. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, they retroactively like connected it to Fast and Furious. What are sp- spinoffs, technically? Because some this list considers Deadpool a spinoff. Kind of of X Men Origins Wolverine. Well, yeah, that, the the but the superhero stuff is like its own thing. 
Because uh, you could t- technically everything's a spin, especially Marvel. A spin-off is a spin-off. Like of, yeah. spin-off. Punisher is a is a spin-off of Spider Man, isn't he? Isn't he like? Well, but that's what they do. They introduce characters, and then they Punisher just do their own. First introduce in the pages of Spider Man, yeah, and then I think you got. I think you got to eliminate comics because comics inherently are spinoffs of spinoffs of spinoffs. They're designed to do that, right. yeah. But what like original franchise or movie? I mean, things like Minions come to mind, or the Batman, the Lego movies, Logan, Rogue One. Is that a spinoff or a prequel? Is there like Shit. Alien, like spinoff? Or no, no, I no. mean, like AVP would kind of be a spinoff. No, oh. eh, I like <laughs> this sense. I don't think there is. The no. point being, I don't think there are very many. The if po- any, the movies. point being, I'm so dizzy talking about spinoffs. <laughs> uh, that was done. We'll see how Creed can expand. If you spin fast enough, I read that if you spin fast yeah, enough, you lose your teeth. Oh, really? They come flying out. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. scream shit ass at someone, your teeth come flying out. <laughs> yes. Out of the uh, car. Try that. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, we're gonna look. We're gonna take a break here. All right. We're gonna play some promos uh, and come back and talk about the best show on HBO: Last of Us season finale. Right after this. After these messages. Was A Quiet Place inspired by signs it comes at night in War for the Planet of the Apes? Was Ready Player One influenced by Avatar, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Last Starfighter? Is the Hurricane Heist more influenced by Sharknado or Geostorm? These are the kinds of questions my guest co-hosts and I discuss on my podcast, Piecing It Together. Every week we look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it. Whether it's the story, the character development, tone, or even use of music. Every movie was influenced by something that came before and we want to figure out what. Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West Podcast Network. I'm Imran. And I'm Sophia. I'm the brother. And I'm the sister. And we are watching a show about cousins. We're your hosts for Dance of Joy, a perfect strangers rewatch podcast. We grew up watching the 80s hit sitcom and now we'd like you to join us every week as we rediscover our love for our favorite TV cousins, Balky and Larry. You can find our show at danceofjoypod.com and on all major podcast platforms. Now we are so happy, Sophia. We do the Dance of Joy. Iman, this is a podcast. They can't see us. Oh, popo. Listener, if you have been enjoying the show, if you enjoy the show, if we bring you some sense of hilarity, you can give back to all this supposed entertainment by joining our awesome Patreon fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jock and Nerd. Uh, it, there is a link in the show description. It'll get you there. It's a way to support the show on a monthly or annual basis. And everybody gets stuff like access to an exclusive podcast feed. Where the shows come out early, there's bonus content, instant reactions. Uh, you get Discord benefits. We have a monthly Discord hangout just for our Patreon members. This month, it's Thursday, March 23rd. That'll be next week. Put it in your calendar. Oh, oh shit. 8 p.m. Central <laughs> Time, Thursday, March 23rd. Uh, and also a tier where you can pick any movie for us to watch and review. Whatever you want us to watch, we'll do it. Lots of fun stuff jockandnerd.com slash patreon okay let's get to the review uh the last of us season one the amazing video game adaptation hbo max season one is wrapped season finale is aired we are going to discuss all of it here are your spoiler alerts strap yourselves in you fucks spoiler time 
Uh, let's start again with viewer numbers. So we've established Oscars, 18 million viewers. Super Bowl, 115 million viewers. Last of Us for HBO, pretty respectable. The season one finale grabs 8.2 million viewers. Wow. During the Oscars. Dur- wow. Went up against the Oscars. And I'm gonna, I want to ask about that. The first episode uh, started with 4.7 million viewers. So they almost doubled their viewership through first. That's amazing. And I was wondering how people were going to attack this Oscars last of us. I ended up watching the Oscars first, fast forwarding through some shit and then watching <laughs> last of us. What order did you guys do? I, I watched it live. And then as soon as it came on, I popped over to that watch and then watched the rest of the Oscars. Okay. That's yeah. Well, I did the same. That's a good way watched to do a bit it. of the Oscars. Right. When it came on, I like, went this. over to last of us. Uh, yeah. So solid numbers. And I think overall the season may have even beat total numbers, beating house of dragon numbers. I saw somewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but amazing job, uh, you know, by the cast of creators, Craig Mazin, uh, Neil Druckmann, who wrote the game, Craig Mazin making Chernobyl, uh, of course, fantastic performances by Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, Nick Offerman. We talked about the first episode when the show aired. So, how do you want to do this? You want to go through kind of highlights of episodes two through eight, and then we we'll talk about maybe the maybe you do uh, instead of highlight just and don't don't do your typical narrate everything, but just take us through every episode. Let's just, just to, talk about just, yeah. To tell us real tell quick. us what happened real, real quick. quick. Yeah. Episode you, re- you recap. Okay, look, episode two. Now again, there's uh, I, I will highlight the moments where the game does the the show gives you something different than the game. Episode two, one of those great moments where you learn about the Jakarta outbreak. Of the cordyceps gets into the flower, um, and then the show ends with Tess's sacrifice. Plays out a little bit different, and right away people you get introduced to and people die. They establish on this show. Uh, anything else about season two that you guys remembered? It was a pretty, it was a, I episode mean episode two. two. Sorry, good episode. Yeah, it was good. It was uh, that had like a lot of the the biggest uh, sense of action. I think there's like that one, and there's another episode that was really that, like that was the only time we they used the whole thing where the uh, infected are are joined by the the roots if you touch one thing they wake up yeah i wish they did that more they only did that one they time. never went back to that went back to that it was amazing yeah yeah i agree i, I mean the the most disturbing thing was the the cordyceps kiss that tess shares with one oh, of the, with the little things coming out yes and like yeah. how she couldn't light the lighter that was amazing. Like it, the Zippo, it just kept not lighting. I was like, oh, my God, fucking light. And then the whole thing goes boom. Uh, good episode. Moving on to episode three. This one, one of the biggest differences from the game called Long, Long Time, dealing with Bill and Frank. Uh, very different, yeah. Very different. Bill played by Nick Offerman and Frank played by, I forget who played Frank. Uh, he was also very good. A love story post-pandemic uh, you 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 spend twenty years with this couple in the matter of an hour. Uh, reminded me of the beginning of Up. <laughs> Very well done, uh, and largely, you know, one episode Ellie and Joel are not featured in; they just bookended. Uh, right, and also you don't. Bill follows you for a portion of the game. Here, they don't even get to reunite. Uh, any other comments about Bill and Frank? Well, I would have not done that episode, uh, really? not because the Bill and Frank story like was whatever, but I feel like at that point I would have liked to have known between the we had just lost Tess. That would have been the perfect flashback episode to kind of solidify all the shit that they had to do, and we miss out on that whole 
part of the story to kind of get ancillary characters. They show but- you some of that in episode three. There's a flashback with Tess, you know, meeting Bill or, and Frank. Yeah, but then it cuts away, and yeah. then it's, it's, it's but a different again, thing. a second time, I'm like, this show makes you fall in love with characters, and then it kills them, and it does this over and over again. It does it very well. Right. Yeah, I thought it was that was one of the more emotional episodes. Um, definitely unexpected. I think they were what they were trying to go for, and I think succeeded is just sort of like everyone's got to find a... like This is kind of a parallel to Joel, where um, Ted... Is it Ted? Uh, Frank, Frank, got to find a reason to keep going, right? Exactly. Right. And he was just as pessimistic as Joel and found a reason to keep going. The whole, the whole series emotional in, in different ways. And surprisingly it does the thing where there wasn't a lot of infected, but a lot of human monsters. And I just love throughout the season. I was like, you are more scared when they just run into random people because you can't fucking trust anybody. They get that across very well. Uh, episode four occurs in Kansas City. They got to take a detour. There's the ambush. The truck crashes into the store. Ellie saves Joel for the first time uh, with that kill. And we got introduced to Kathleen, a new character that's not in the game. Another big change. Uh, and she's talking about Henry and Sam. And uh, at the very end, you see they get caught by Henry and Sam. We don't know them yet, but uh, this uh, this episode is pretty good, too. It had some good action. Yeah, the zombies appear, the bloater. This one might have been actually the more No, more no, that's emotion. the that's the next one. This, oh, is that the next yeah, one? Yeah, oh, okay. this is where we see the hole in, that's the, in right. the building. It ends with Henry and Sam. Yeah, gotcha. and okay. she's like, you know what? Just keep that door shut. That's fine. Don't tell anybody that the floor is yep. caving in. So then what I think probably one of the best episodes here, episode five, Endure right. and Survive. Uh, Henry and Sam help Joel and Ellie kind of escape the city through the tunnels. Uh, they changed the story a little bit. Sam play is is deaf in this one. He's not deaf in the game. Uh, and then you have the whole scene from the game where he has to run at the building, snipe people, but Kathleen finds them, and then a horde is released, and then we see the bloater. Holy shit. And then that is also where fucking Sam turns as Ellie has made friends with him and tried to cure him. Henry has to kill Sam and kills himself. Yeah, this one might have been the most. Holy shit. Maybe not the most emo- emotional, but like super, like you end on a note where it's just like, fuck, this this yeah. is awful. And it's just as if if not more impactful in the game. So they, they capture that pretty well. Yes. Yeah. They change a, a little bit of the characterization, but largely that the, the end turns out the same. Okay. Then we jump to episode six called Kin. We jump ahead three months. Joel and Ellie have reached the Wyoming, uh, Jackson, Wyoming where Tommy is there with his wife and there's uh, they reunite Tommy also a little bit different in the show than the game uh, uh, and uh, they, he meets him in a different place uh, and this is the whole bit where Joel is racked with guilt wants to hand off Ellie to Tommy because he thinks he's going to do a better job of protecting her and then changes his mind and ends up taking her anyways because she calls him out great scene right from the game about how everybody has died around her and we get to see that as the show goes on how everyone she's known has died from her very beginning from her birth uh and then and then it ends with the bit in the hospital they don't find the fireflies they get their location but before they can make it out of there they are attacked joel is stabbed bad uh and it kind of ends there that's a good episode too these are all great episodes any comments on that one? Oh, that was i mean all of these one, all these episodes are good. I mean, they're not even even the ones I would have done differently are still good episodes. 
the the momentum of the story keeps uh, pushing forward. Yeah. There is a lot of time jumps that are a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, and you you feel like that they they get into more scrapes with human beings than the the, the clickers at this point. They do yes. So it there there needs to be another clicker appearance, and then we get it in the next episode, which is also a flashback. Well, then we get to episode right? seven, Left Behind, where the story has been progressing, and all of a sudden, for a whole episode, it stops. We go back. They do the DLC content of Ellie and her friend Riley sneaking off to abandoned mall. Riley has joined the Fireflies. They're having a lot of fun playing video games. There is an infected in there. There is a battle. They're both bit and this is fucking heartbreaking where they just both decide to sit there and just let's both die together and then to think that Ellie had to watch her friend die and you find out later she had to kill her put her down and she doesn't change fuck and this is the whole impetus causing her to stay and take care of Joel stitch him up she saves his life again uh, comments on that episode I thought that was a lovely episode I mean I thought it was a great backstory I they're know. all good yeah they're all yeah good. no that was a good one too I, the only the only comment is what maybe what Rugs would say is just it stalls the momentum a little bit, but I see why they did it and it was a well executed episode. Yeah, I mean, did you have to tell that story? We kind of get it at this point, but like I can't, I I, I can't think of like something in the game that would have been been better. I don't know. I don't have. I have it was in the game head. technically. I mean, I like finding yeah. out the first time she was bit because in the game you're. You're fighting a lot of fucking clickers. Yeah, I guess there's more. You're avoiding a lot of. You're you're, you're always in peril constantly, yes. right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they could have done the, that again and d- gone with the horror thing. There's a lot of things but, they left out, which is interesting. We could talk about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you could have touched on those things, but whatever. It's like it was still entertaining to watch and, and well done. So, regardless, you're just talking about like. Uh, momentum, like Walking Dead did this all the time. Yeah, they'd get the story going, and then they'd go on the side tangent for three and years. Then it would and you're decompress. like, yeah, yeah, and it just it, they're and they're doing it here, but not as bad as the Walking Dead. They can't kind of always get back on track in the next episode and and take the story another two steps. So it's at least they know to not do what Walking Dead does and just kind of stall out. So. Uh, that takes us to episode eight, who Ellie has now stitched up Joel, saving him again. What's funny is around this time, we'll talk about Mandalore season two, but Pedro Pascal is on two of the biggest shows on TV right now, playing a, a, a older character, protecting a child. And in the same week, in both episodes, the child saves him on two different shows on the same week. I think that's kind of crazy. Anyways, this is the whole bit where Ellie, you play as Ellie. And you're hunting down deer. You meet the right. cannibals. She meets this community who don't know that they're cannibals because the psycho dude in charge didn't tell him. A man who has turned to the church post-apocalypse. Uh, and then an amazing murder scene by Ellie at the end where she just eviscerates a dude. You can see it in her face. And at this point, these people have murdered so many people. Uh, but that largely straight from the game, but they gave more character to David, I think, in the show than you got in the game. That makes sense. This, yeah, this was, um, you know, a, a, more of a disturbing episode and shows you how dark humanity can get in a time like this. So. Yeah, the people are always... Mission accomplished. The people are the monsters, and she's got some great lines on that one. And then finally, that brings us to the finale, episode nine, Look for the Lights. That all right, let's go through this one. This starts again with something they don't show you in the game. 
and it's kind of a great cast here. We see Ellie's birth, Ellie's mom pregnant, running, finding a house. That apparently played by the lady that voices her. Played in by Ashley Johnson, uh, who played Ellie in the game. Uh, and that's fantastic because they look alike at the Bella Ramsey. Yeah, they do. And yeah, they her do. look like they were. I was like, this is amazing casting. Uh, so she we, essentially we see that she gives birth to Ellie while being attacked by an infected. It's unclear whether the baby came out first or she was bitten, but she definitely cut the umbilical cord after she was bitten. That's right. And she lied about it. And uh, wait, she did lie about it. Yeah, she said that to, her, yeah, she to Marlene. That's right. And then ask Marlene to shoot her. And, uh, uh, you know, you get the sense that they, Marlene and Ellie's mom are old friends and she has to go kill her old friend. Meaning Marlene raised Ellie from the very beginning. Like she, she, she essentially was her mother. Uh, that, that was fucking, that was these HBO and these birthing scenes that they give us between House of the Dragon and this show. Real fucking babies too. Like that was, I, I think. Yeah. They were using that kid did some good acting. That kid did some great <laughs> acting. Uh, so this is where she gets she got antibodies, I guess, right? So she has antibodies when she was born, making her immune. Yeah, uh, a couple some of that some of that cordyceps got in. Yeah, while while she still had stem cells, I guess. Right, so it could create. Yeah, they they, ex- they explain how she got immune. It could create an immune, and I don't think they actually explain that in the game. I think you're left wondering, like, well, how does mm-hmm. this actually work? Yeah, you don't know. Yeah, so that's cool. Uh, they do a couple of fun things. They just took they just took the blade uh, origin. Oh yeah, that where what is that with the floaty blood? <laughs> well, his mom was oh, pregnant. That's right, with and blade. got bit. Yes. How does that work? That's why he's a day walker. That's so right. She's a, so she's yeah, a, a cordyceps walker. Oh my god, it's the same thing. It's exactly exactly the same thing. Yeah. Uh, they do some fun things from the game. So here's what I love when they do throwing these things from the game, but uh, like the boosting of Ellie to go up somewhere and drop a ladder. They do that just this one time, and it's funny. Uh, they do the whole giraffes bit. Yeah, that was in the game. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. and that's great. It's like a really beautiful moment. It's a real giraffe, apparently. Too uh, was that a real fucking giraffe? Dude, it wasn't yeah. CGI yeah. giraffe. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. No, they, they had it on a, on a green screen, oh. like a, a environment, oh. and they put the background behind. Oh the shit! That's great. Couple of things though, I missed from the game here. That the game has a lot of underwater things. They took all of that shit out. I guess it's yeah. Been, are, we, are we doing this now? Are no, we talking no, about okay, the game? Sorry, because I, we'll I, I can do that if okay, you no, want. No, 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 we'll but I'm waiting for you to narrate never this mind, thing. Never mind. Okay. So <laughs> okay. we get the part where uh, Ellie and Joel have finally made it to uh, wherever city the hospital is. And he's revealing some more about himself. That Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Uh, he yeah. reveals that he did try to shoot himself in the head after Sarah died. Missed. Causing the scratch. And then they get caught by the fireflies. Just like in the game. And then we find out. That the uh, that she does have a cure, Ellie. The cure is in her, but the only way to extract the cure is brain surgery, which will kill her. Uh, and then Joel proceeds to go fucking postal. He John Wicks the fuck out of everyone. It is amazing. Goes on a murderous rampage. He he now he's like just pod, picking people off like he with fucking automatic machine gun. He has made a decision whether it's the right decision we can talk about. But he's saving Ellie. He shoots the doctor that's about to operate on her, grabs her, gets to the parking garage. Marlene is there. And they do this just like the game where they don't show you the resolution of the standoff. They cut to Joel in the car with Ellie. She's waking up and he just lies to her. 
He tells her yep. that the do- there's apparently lots of infected people, and they're not even looking for a cure anymore. Lots of, lots of immune people. Lots of immune people, sorry. And they're not looking for a cure. We can go back to Jackson, Wyoming. And uh, then we find out that Joel does indeed fucking murder Marlene, and she tries to stop him. Cold-blooded fucking shot to the head. Um, and then the last bit, it ends on a great bit where they make it. They can see the camp. They're on the mountain. And she's like, I need you to be honest. Did you tell everything you told me at what happened was true? And he goes, I swear. And she just goes, okay. Cuts yeah, to black. So he lies. He lies. lies. That's the way it ends in the game. That's good. definitely going to cause problems in the future. That's right. That's the way. exactly the way it ends. Wow. Game. What a fucking heartbreaking ending. Again, not it's, a, it's an ending that it, it's like it's heartbreak. It's like it makes you feel all sorts of different oh, things. Yeah. It's make, it's such, it's, especially having played the game, like I envy those that didn't play the game and got to see it this way. But when you play the game and you get to that ending, it's like what you don't even know. You know, you're forced to play as Joel yeah. and save Ellie and yeah. kill all these people, and you're just like, wow, what the fuck am I doing? I this, mean, is he, whole, this is crazy. He says, you know, it should be her choice to decide, but he doesn't give her the choice either. Right. By lying to her. She didn't give him the choice. So, you know, morally gray shit all over the place. I love the abrupt. And she ending. probably, it's very heavily implied. And we won't, um, we don't, we're not going to spoil the second season. I don't know what happens in the second game. So I know what happens, okay. but it's very heavily implied throughout the game and then in, in the, in the show that she probably would have chosen to sacrifice herself. Like this was her life's purpose. Right. Yeah. And, uh, she's not that great. She should have died. <laughs> Well, like to be honest with you, like, like uh, if I was, uh, if I was Joel, I would, I, I would want to save humanity and uh, you know, f- find another surrogate kid. Like, you know, yeah, he, he's never cared though about humanity. He he just was always looking for something else to live for, and yeah. he found something that finally gave him life. And he doesn't yeah, want to go he, through. He's that. thinking about the short game right now. I don't think he gives a shit about the game. He just wants <laughs> the to game be with never Ellie. mattered to him. Yeah. He was only doing this because Tess told him to do it. Right. She was cargo. Remember, he called her right. cargo. She was cargo, and it was her last dying but wish. But the moments in this episode where you see in, in his eyes that he really loves Ellie, he wants to take care of her, that whole bit on the roof where he's like, look, we can stop. We don't have to do this. And right. she is insistent. She's like, no, we got to take this all the way. We came this far. He, he He's casually talking about his daughter now, too, where in the yeah, beginning yeah. He, she asked him about it. He would he'd be like, don't bring that up. Don't tie up. Don't ask her. So, like, he's fully, like, a, he fully considers a surrogate daughter. Yeah, I, I guess I feel like he has that hole. He needs to fill that hole. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. But for some reason, I just don't endear myself to Ellie at all. And uh, so it it doesn't work for me. It may work for him, but it doesn't work for me watching it for some reason. I'm like, get her killed. I'm like, let's get a cure. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. She's not that great. So it's like, that's the only issue I have with the show where it would have worked a lot better is if you really, really love that character. And then, uh, some people do. I I like that character. Well, you know, the differences in the game, you're spending hours with these people. And you, I think you would connect to them more. Yeah, if we're if we're gonna jump on that, can I jump on yeah, that too? Yeah. yeah, go for it. Um, so first off, I'm gonna say I, I really truly enjoyed the show. I thought it was week to week. I it's one of the only things I've ever in the past few years where it comes out week to week, and I'd watch it the same night. 
Like I don't do that with Mandalorian. Wow. I'm doing that with a lot of stuff. I'm doing this with this. Um, so I think it's overall a really good show and I'm excited to see season two. My only gripe with it is you're right. If you've played the game, it's almost more impactful with the game because you spend hours upon hours playing with them and, yeah. and putting them through these all these terrible situations. And I think the one thing that I would say the show, two things the show, one thing really, it's really one thing. The show really lacked was the the zombies, the clickers. Yeah. Like you do a lot of that throughout the game where you're killing clickers and you're hanging upside down killing clickers and you're yeah. um, in the last, before you even get to the hospital, you have to kill a bloater in that like rubble between, right. um, you know, remember when they were like, oh, we could just throw a bomb on and explode that. Yeah that bridge on underpass like you don't they they didn't have as many of the clickers and it almost makes it like it, you make it so that like the by not doing that not having the clickers one like you lose a lot of the scare so the yeah, show the becomes tension, more yeah yeah it becomes more of a drama yeah and less of a drama horror thing which is what the game masters yeah. like this show is more just like all the cutscenes from the game and less of, kind the, of. Less, the action. Yeah. Like the only times they really ca- captured the action of the game was that bell tower scene yeah. and then the first episode where you're in the truck with them, right? Yeah. Everything else wasn't really like gamey. Only one bloater the whole season. I thought yeah, we you would only get get one bloater. bloater. But secondly, too, is by not really having the clickers featured, it's like we're doing this whole thing and we're playing up this big sacrifice that she's going to make and that like Joel is going to basically fuck things up for the world right, by right. saving her, right? right? And killing everyone in the hospital. But it's like, by not having that many zombies throughout the show, it's like, well, it almost seems like they're okay. What's like the they threat? don't actually need yeah, where's yeah, the what threat? is the threat? Yeah. If we're not going to feature the, the zombies prominently throughout the show, then like, what is the real... It feels like they have everything kind of already handled, and they don't need to do this. Like her sacrifice makes it makes the the game much more impactful because you fucking have had to survive not only people but numerous amounts of zombies yeah. and all sorts of terrible situations. There's a lot more murdering in the game for sure, right? So not even murdering; it's like murdering people, but also killing zombies yeah, and like yeah. they 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 lost their way on that stuff. I think a little bit. I mean, he didn't use a fucking Molotov cocktail once. I was waiting for that shit. Come on. He's making throwing that shit all the time. But it's going to bring more action. Yeah. And you have more action by featuring more zombies. So that is probably one of the only criticisms I have. And a lot of people have is the lack of action. Craig Mason in this article here from variety addresses it a little bit here. And I kind of see and agree where, where he's coming from. He says, Ultimately, we generally stress the power of relationships and trying to find significance within moments of action. And so there may be less action than some people wanted because we couldn't necessarily find significance for quite a bit of it. Or there was concern that it would be repetitive. After all, you're not playing it. You're watching it. And although a lot of people do like to watch gameplay, it needs to be a little more focused and purposeful when we're putting it on TV. So I appreciate the fact that they didn't just shove it in for the sake because sometimes Walking Dead did that. And yeah. they couldn't find a spot for it. But yeah, maybe you could have had a couple more clickers, another bloater. It just could have made the show like some of those scenes where you're fighting the clickers and like in dark hallways and shit that I don't think they recreated as much here. Yeah. Like that shit is genuinely. Yeah. Like I played, I remember playing the game and be genuinely scared yeah. playing that part, playing those parts. And I think they could have, they could have transferred that over that. Like so a lot of that stuff to me is easily transferable to TV and it, you add that in, you add in more action, you add in more scares, and then you just you bond with these characters more because then you're like, 
fuck. Like in the game, you're like, fuck, these guys have been through the ringer. Yeah. Like they've been through it together. And like I totally get why Joel would save her because they've been through it. They've been through everything together. Oh, you know, you, you went through all this just to let her die for whatever, right? right? And then and you, you then you and you find out that like they've been lying and that she had no choice and that like they were going to kill her this whole time and no one told you, right? And, and you've you've developed this bond with her for over six seven hours of playing the game yeah. or whatever the hell long. You don't want her to like, die, so you so kind of just a little impactful. You kind of feel you kind of understand Joel's decision, but it's crazy. Yeah, and then also too. Now that I'm on the rant, I, I liked all the I liked every episode. I think I don't particularly agree with them montage singing like muted sound background with him murdering the entire. That hospital. was interesting. Yes, the sound was out. Yeah, like because like again in the game you have to fucking it's like the last level, yeah. so it's like hard to do it. Yeah. Right, the set was so right you, on from the game. Like it looked just like that in the game. Yeah, so it's hard to do. But then secondly throughout the show they made him like kind of vulnerable and then in the last episode he just becomes terminator he's fucking badass he's <laughs> murdering folks left and right like he's just walking straight yes. down and taking like people are like taking shots at him and he's like dodging it oh and he's like got that one shot yes, killing him yes it's amazing he's just like but determined I, I don't i don't think it's amazing uh, you know, i think i think i think they i think they could have done that better it's only yeah the whole scene doesn't take very long i think that could have been a much more tense scene and <laughs> they instead got- they they block yeah. it. They take it out. Go ahead. Rugs. They kind of stampede through that. Yeah, like, yeah. really. It goes by quick. That's a huge thing quick. in the game. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I was a little weary when I looked when I turned on the last episode and it was under an hour. Forty-eight like, minutes. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 Forty-eight minutes. I'm like, that's that's the yeah. least amount of time many episodes had on this yeah. series so yeah. far. I think. And I was like, they got a lot to cover. Yeah. They get through it though. They get to the end, but they did maybe rush. I think they rushed, rushed it a little. Some parts, but you feel well fucking- when you have the when you have the game to compare it to, then you're like, oh, yeah, okay, you've seen yeah. it done, and and it pay off a little better. So I feel like the people who play the game and kind of have a different interpretation of what that story is might feel the same way. Yeah, so- I, I've I've heard that from people like my friends that have played the game kind of feel more similar to I do, and then. Again, great show. I think that's great. And then my, my people, my friends that haven't played the game are like, wow, that great yeah. finale. Every episode, twist and turn. Yeah. I didn't expect anything yeah. like that yeah. to happen. It's a great story. So. And he did a great job converting this story to this other medium and tweaking it for the better, I think. Pedro Pascal's acting in that whole last sequence is fucking amazing. You see it in his eyes. Uh, and you just you don't know who he's going to kill. I mean, he does let my, the nurses My live. friend was like, um, a shout out to my friend Erwin. He was like, in a in an alternate universe, this is uh, Pedro Pascal as Mando. Yes, slaughtering Jedi's to save Grogu. <laughs> oh shit! In a Star Wars episode, <laughs> a Star Wars finale. Look, yeah, a little bit. No, what if that happens in the? Finale? It might happen. <laughs> They're just gonna redo this, redo the entire Last of Us. Let's episode. do it again. Uh, but I liked it. yeah, no, I mean overall, like I really don't have a lot of criticism or nitpicks of this show aside from that. I that was on my only one. Yeah. Like if I take the show at face value, it's fine. Like I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I was uh appointment viewing. Is it the best adaptation of a video game we have been given? I think it's pretty good. Yeah. It's up yeah. there. I think it's definitely uh respectable. Like uh I'm always talking about respect the source material and they did. They did. For yeah. the most yeah. part. It's the same dude. It's the same dude. Like there well, they was the same dude, right? Yeah. To write it. And the same music and yeah. some of the same actors. Like 
They really they layered in, yeah, the actors from the game. It was pretty close. Yeah. I mean, they did like, there's that whole, like, I was talking about the underwater shit. There's a lot where you got to go swimming and you got to get a platform, like a pallet to put float Ellie on and shit. And uh, then something bad happens. I won't spoil it if you play the game, but they cut all that shit out. And I think it's fine. Like, that would have, you didn't really need all that underwater um, shenanigans. You could have used a couple more bloaters. So I think the changes were good overall. I think also we we've might have learned, and obviously this isn't a one-size-fits-all, but I think games in general, I think that medium lends itself better to TV, TV shows, yeah, as long as you have a yeah, budget. Yeah. Well, but because gotta, games, are, games are like nine, ten-hour experiences, yeah. and then you're trying to boil that down to a, one, an hour-and-a-half to two-hour movie. It just that seems very you tough. You've got to do it right, because Halo did that and then they just gave you a whole like different halo with the same people and you're like what okay they didn't honor the source material they They didn't do the source material at all no they did not they they made up their own sci-fi show and they just called it halo Halo, and it looked like halo that's exactly what they did uh you saw this with resident evil too right like that those games those movies had really nothing to do with the games they just they just were like mila jovich in resident evil that'll sell it yeah yeah, it's the, the thing about games is like there's so many of them, and they, you know they come out with the new Halo every fucking year, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that's there. That's a lot of it's filler, repetitive. So you have to like distill it down mm-hmm. to a series, something like that, that. That's long running as Halo, but I think The Last of Us is a perfect game to do it because it's one game, yeah, and the one game is packed with the whole story of that one game. Yep. So they could. If they could find other games like The Last of Us that are self-contained in one story, like you could never do a Final Fantasy. Oh my god, it's like that, a thousand yeah. of them. They tried to make that you know, movie too. Have Have you yeah. guys seen um, when you were bringing up Last of Us? Have you guys seen the Uncharted movie with Tom Holland? I still have not seen that. It's I on have. Netflix. I have. Yeah, it's, I have. it's curious too because like that, the Uncharted movies I felt like would have lent themselves to an awesome adaptation. Sure. And they're both Naughty Dog, right? Like Uncharted and Last right. of Us. But um, I don't think you said very nice things about Uncharted. The movie. It was a dumb movie. <laughs> yeah. It was du- like the like it doesn't hold a candle to the game. I mean, the mm, Tomb Raiders had a problem too. That should have been a fucking layup. To, and they did it twice. And- like a Thief's End is a great fucking game, yeah, and it's cinematic, it's awesome. and it's fun to play, and it really does make you feel like you had a great experience, and it was well thought out and fun and everything. This story was so ridiculously kind of ass backwards and stupid that like I enjoyed it, but it didn't feel like the game. It wasn't like when I watched the last of us, I was like, okay, they're doing their best to like give you the the game experience. You Mm -hmm. you feel like you could play the game and get a little bit more in depth of experience and, you know, have a little bit more thrills. But at the, at the end of the day, you, you got to enjoy the best parts of the game. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, with the Uncharted, I felt like it was like a a pale imitation. I mean, I love how like- faithful Last of Us was down to the costumes, the sets, the shots. Like, they just nailed replicating this so well. I, I think the formula here, besides this TV show, is just have HBO do it. Have H- HBO yes. just gives a fuck more than yeah. anyone else about putting out consistently pretty good content. It's cast well. For the most part, it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah they, they can only get that to work for the WB. Yeah, that's never going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, no, the same they get fucking the levels of studio. money and production and what they expect coming out of HBO is is obvious. And 
They fucking and Craig Mazin and HBO are a great team. Speaking of season two, uh, Craig Mazin has answered some questions about season two. Uh, spoiler: Everybody knows part two. Uh, That's the game starts five years after the end of the first part of the game. He says, "Don't spoil anything else because the second game is pisses people off." Really? Oh, I know. I have not. I do not know what happened. I wouldn't. At even, all. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend spoiling it for yourself. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait. Yeah. I don't know how long I wait, but he said it may take more than two seasons. He also said it's gonna be different. It's gonna be just like the season. Some things will be uh, barely different. Some things will be radically different. It's gonna be its own thing. It won't be exactly like the game. It's the show that they want to make, and they probably. I don't think they need to recast. Bella Ramsey, she's, uh, he said she was ni- 17 when they started filming season one. She's 19 now, which is Ellie's age in part two. Ellie's a lot younger. She's kind of a little bit younger in the game, I guess, in the first one. You can't really tell. Yeah, it's about, it works. She, you know, her playing like a 14-year-old works. But I think you could definitely keep Bella Ramsey. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Well, I mean, definitely. You, you, you would lose. Yeah. Yeah, you can't recast that. No, right unless now. she doesn't want to do it, which I don't see why she wouldn't. The the season left me very geeked Geek and boner. excited for season two, which is what twenty twenty five maybe we'll probably. Get but that's what you want to do with this show. Uh, let's uh, let's finish it up here with a rating, Anthony. What would you what would you rate it the whole season? So again, I think I envy those that didn't play the game because I'm sure watching this, I had you had very similar experiences to me playing the game. 10 years ago or whenever it came out. That being said, it's a very well executed adaptation of the game and I would give it um, a nine out of 10. Nice. I think the only thing that's missing is I wish similar to that first episode where like they really incorporated the horror aspect, you know, the shot where the grandma and the background's twitching and shit. Like I really wanted more of that. And that was the only thing is I wish they would have had the action horror aspect more prominent in this, but overall, all the stuff that you guys have been saying positive. I find this show damn near perfect. Not a lot, not a lot to criticize. I will also give it a nine. Uh, fucking amazing. First season of television rugs. What do you give it as an adaptation of a video game? I'd give it a nine, but as a show, I'd probably give it like an eight. Okay. So there you go. fair enough. Uh, yeah, we'll have to wait. For and the s- game is a 10 out of 10. If you haven't played the, the game, the game is absolutely, yeah, absolutely a 10. All right, let's do some news from the nation. Find out what uh, the listeners thought of the finale. It's time for news from the nation. It's for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. I like it stinks. I like the pitch on that one. That was very good. Uh, Jesse Rodriguez commenting. So for anyone who cares, the girl who voiced Ellie in the last of us game and played Ellie's mom was also the little girl in Lionheart. One of the best Jean-Claude Van Damme movies ever. Oh, no kidding. Uh, Ashley Johnson was also in the Avengers. And then I remember her from fucking growing pains. Yeah, she was the added kid. She was the, but then they added Leo DiCaprio too. She came after yeah. Leo. Leo came first, and then well, Leo was like a grown up kid, right. and, and she then was the mom like was a, pregnant. New baby, yes, yeah. And then she grew up, and it was Ashley Johnson. So I always remember her from growing. Uh, she was the Seaver. What was her name? I can't even remember what her name was. She was one of the Seavers. Jose That's right. Jose Ibarra comments: HBO, where no birth scene is safe. Look in Pedro Pascal's <laughs> eyes when he went full 
Joel Wick with some top-notch acting, incredible season of television, easily the best live-action video game adaptation ever. Probably. Yeah, yeah. probably. Jimmy Graben says, phenomenal. Imran, I actually did what you did and was also following along with the game on YouTube, LOL. Love the loyalty to the game while also mixing in some new twists. Can't wait to see what they do with part two. Yeah, that was fun. Watching the gameplay and then watching the, the show, that was actually a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, and then Jose Barra checks back in. He has a quick review of Scream 6 that came out. Did pretty good numbers, I think, open to a franchise high. Uh, and Jose is a big horror guy. He says, as a huge fan of slasher films, in my opinion, this film solidifies Scream as the best slasher series from top to bottom. Six films in, and this may be the best one since the original what a fun experience that pays homage to all the previous films along with others from the genre. Okay. That sounds good. I'm, I might watch it eventually. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, horror is not my bag, but um, Scream, the Scream franchise has been one of the only horror franchises I can remember that doesn't have anything that where you put, you put it on like, this is just like dog shit. Right. Right. <laughs> Like you can see that with most horror franchises, apparently they get to a point where you just you throw on a movie, and some people f- like still like it, but most people be like, "This is just terrible, legitimately awful movie." Yeah, I'm curious because I think that one of the things that's great about Scream is like you, there's an air of mystery, like who is Ghostface, who done it. Yeah. yeah, so the fact that there's a little bit of an element of mystery to who is behind the murders, it it's a little Scooby Doo ish, and then that makes it fun. So. Uh, so you have like both things happening at the same time, a mysterious f- factor and you have like the horror uh, slasher thing going at the same time. So I could see why uh, it's still relevant. So, well, then and they do the a lot of the, the meta commentary from what I've yeah. understood. They, they comment on what what's going on in the movie world. That, I love their logo. It's really clever. The M becomes the V I of six. I was like, holy shit. That's amazing. Uh, Scream 6, apparently better than 65 on Rotten Tomatoes currently. Scream 6 sitting at 76%. 65 got a 38%. Not even a 65 it could make. Oh, 65 million years ago? Time? Yeah, the, six, the Adam Driver dinosaur movie. 65 okay. is sitting at 38% tomato meter. So. I, I watched one review of that and yeah. heard it. Yeah, it was. it's not good. That's unfortunate because it looked like it could have been a fun movie. But right. I'll check that out on streaming. Okay, speaking of watching things, let's finish with what are we watching has everyone caught up to the Mandalorian season two episode? Two? Yes. Season three. I have not watched it actually. Oh, you have not watched oh, you it. You son of a bitch. No, but you guys can talk about it. I have no, um, I'm not excited either way. It, I'm I just mean, watching it because you guys make me watch it. I feel it. like even if we spoil the whole thing, it's not going to affect his viewing. It's going to go all in right. one ear yes, and out the other, yes. to be honest. I thought it was a really good episode. It was longer and some crazy shit happened real quickly. He gets yes. the fucking Mandalore. He doesn't yes. need, he, and he takes R5, the droid that's been there since A New Hope. That droid was in the original Star Wars movie. Um, and fucking uh, uh, Grogu has to save his ass, which that was a great scene. Uh, and he goes in the water and gets pulled under. And uh, Bo Katan is badass. Oh, spoilers. Whatever. <laughs> Bo Katan does some badass shit in this episode. But the biggest thing, Rugs, I think was what happens at the end there. We see a giant kaiju that's yes, supposed to be a, underwater. It's supposed to be a uh, symbol of uh, the Mandalorian, the Mythosaur, the the 
beast that what a uh, they defeated. Shitty name. <laughs> what a fucking dumb so, name. But you notice there's Easter eggs of this everywhere <laughs> in the the mythosaur. Yes, it does it. It's a giant. What's worse, the mythosaur or unobtainium in, in, oh, in Avatar? I know. That's there's close. like that's close. The mythical dinosaur called the mythosaur. What was the thing in Avatar two? Then they it's just so changed shitty. it up to something else. Uh, I forgot. Like, yeah. It would be great if Bo-Katan was like, yeah, some asshole called it the Mythosaur, yeah. but it's really called this. No, it's it's right. but it's this. The Mandalorian name is you, this. You, all you see is like his head, his eye, and part of this giant tusk. We have seen images of this tusk thing um, in, in the armor's uh, cave. There was a helmet with tusks. That's based on the Mythosaur. They have signals, symbols on them that look like the Mythosaur. Uh, but this is the thing that like they had to that used to rule Mandalore thousands of years ago or something, and they thought it was dead, but he's still alive. That was pretty crazy, right? Yeah, I thought yeah. that was cool. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see what this uh, is going to bring. Like, I'm all down for seeing uh, Mandalore and seeing how uh, it's this like hollowed out fucking city that's kind of like uh, been lied about. Like, you can't, you can breathe on it. You can right. go there. there that's there what is he shit out. living there. Yeah, it's breathable. So I think that that's a game changer and that's interesting. So yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. Dude, what is this fucking mythosaur going to do? What did you think of that fucking cyber uh, cyborg fucking robot thing that was living down there that, and she fucking fights him with that the dark sabers. That too. was amazing. That was so great. A new creature. I mean, I hate design. that. The, I hate that fucking Din Djarin is such a, he gets his ass kicked and he has to get saved by everyone all the time. Well, he doesn't, he still doesn't know how to use the goddamn dark saber. He sucks. He can't lift it up. But then <laughs> Bo Katan, badass, just comes in, picks up that dark saber and just fucking like, like as much as like, I love the series, I just I can't stand this whole fucking religion when you wear your helmet all the time. And that doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. <laughs> I can't believe that he believes in this shit because he's already seen like the world is a bigger place and that and that people have been lying to him. And he's got the Mandalore. He's bathed in he's, the fucking no, shit. He should be redeemed. He's back. Yeah, you should be able to he's fucking. Done. You should fuck Bo-Katan right there and then make, <laughs> no. make Mandalorian babies. Katie Sackhoff is hot, though. It's Bo-Katan. And you know what? It's a shame if we don't get Costas Mandalore to be in the show. What the fuck is he doing? He should be in the show. Is that the Greek Mandalore? Who's that? Yeah, no. Costas Mandalore is an actor. I, I thought I went to high school with name. that kid. <laughs> he's an actor for oh. like soap operas. Oh, yeah, that's he's the in, dude's he's in name. Costas Mandalore. Wow. Yeah, his, he should be. He should be Tar Vizla. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, th- I just think that's a there's a huge opportunity. Huge yeah. Every time I hear the word Mandalore, I just think about Costas Mandalore. <laughs> Anyways, great episode. Next week's episode reporting runtime, uh, fifty six minutes. It's going to be almost an hour, which is ep- crazy for episode three. The show started like thirty minutes. Oh, yeah. oh wow! Almost double the size. Double the size. Double the Mandalore. Yeah, <laughs> twice the Mandalore. Baby Yoda with the save was also great. Like. He fucking took off in his little bubble and got help. Is he starting to say words? I don't know. It almost sounds like it. He's starting to babble or something. See, yeah. Kelly Motto was also great. Amy Sedaris uh, and Tatooine. She's always funny. I just, yeah. It's a look. Uh, I'm curious. Like, like, look, the whole thing about this show is not what happens. It's it's all about the the lore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's going to what am I going to learn yeah. about Star Wars? Is it going to be cool? Or is it going to be stupid? I don't know. We'll see. There was some good lore shit in here, so they're building on it. Yeah. Um, the Mythosaur is a terrible name. Come on, Fabs. Fix that shit. <laughs> uh, the laziest name I can ever think of. Anthony, you watch anything uh, worth mentioning? 
Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Rugs, you got anything? All right. Well, I watched the rest of Tar. I brought it up last uh, week, I yes. think. Uh, and uh, yeah, the movie is also one of those other movies that doesn't have an ending quite. Um, Tar is a story of a uh, woman composer. She get, she you follow her throughout her like uh, moment in her career where like she's um, under fire for like uh, some controversy that she's in, and she starts to kind of like lose control of her life. And the people in her life, because she just kind of is being careless. And uh, the movie kind of just like ends uh, after like kind of her downfall. And it just like ends. So uh, it was a kind of a weird ending. But I'll say this. It was very beautifully shot and very well directed. And uh, the sound editing was good. And uh, the acting was good. But I don't think I would hold this up to like... um, it's definitely for a it's definitely a movie for cinematography and looking at direction and editing and acting, but I don't know if that all solidifies into a good movie. You understand mm. what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you have this great direction, you have this great acting, and but the story is kind of maybe it's too layered for me and I have to watch it again, but like I felt myself being like, Okay, I know where this is going and then nothing's really like um, unfolding in a way that's surprising or interesting or gripping to me. It's like, I know where this is heading. I, I I turn on the news every day and hear shit like this all the time. It's very today, though, right? Very topical. Yeah. Uh, six Oscar nominations didn't win shit, unfortunately. Okay. What else do you see? Uh, I watched Megan, the oh, horror movie. Yeah, how oh, is that? that? Well, it's funny because I watched Megan and I watched AI. Which is the old movie from two thousand one yeah, by Steven, Steven Spielberg. Spielberg? Why did you watch? You never seen that before? Why are you watching that? No, now? I just watched it because I I heard that Stanley Kubrick was involved with that. Yeah, he and I was I like, oh shit, making yeah. it and and Spielberg finishes it, I believe. Yeah, well, yeah, he he was in production yeah. and he never actually filmed it, no. and then so Spielberg took it and made it, and I didn't realize that Kubrick had anything to do with it. I like that movie. Um, I like AI. It's a good movie. And uh, I was like, let me watch it again, because now AI is this big thing. And yeah. I always remember that movie being fucking weird. Yeah. And so I watched Megan and I watched AI. <laughs> and they're both like Megan's a story of a of a girl. It's, it's almost like the reverse. Megan is a story that was definitely inspired by AI, like um, story of a girl who lost her parents and they give her a friend like her, her aunt is a uh, is a toy maker or whatever. And she has this project where she's trying to create this, this doll, this living doll and gives it to her and is basically testing this doll to see if it is sentient or can be a good friend or whatever. Uh And then um, it imprints on her and uh, basically now is protecting her from any kind of danger or anything that she perceives to be a threat. And then things go haywire. It was an okay movie. You know, uh, it was it was fun. It wasn't a great movie, though. It was just like it was just <laughs> okay. all right. Okay. It was just like you can watch it, enjoy it. It doesn't really ascend to greatness, but it's definitely done well and it's entertaining. And okay. uh, it's a good time. Yeah. Uh, AI, though, is such a crazy because I had just watched Pinocchio. Yeah. 
both of them. I watched the 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 remake and the the Del Toro one. No, there was three Pinocchio movies that came out last year. By the way, do you realize? Oh, really? This? Yes. Another one. There was there was a Zemeckis one, a Disney one, and a Guillermo del Toro one. I believe. I don't know why oh, all of a sudden everybody's making Pinocchio movies, but they did. And <laughs> yeah, and a and AI is essentially a Pinocchio, Pinocchio movie. Yeah. Except you got Jude Law as a sex sex robot. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's like part of his Jiminy Cricket. It is. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, it's, so it's um, fucking depressing ass movie. But this one is like the opposite. It's like the, the parents um, have a son that's like in cryo sleep because he's ill and he's basically dead to them. Right. He's been in this cry. Cry- and so the, the mother's like uh, in pain and, and, and whatever. And so this this guy who's creating this artificial boy, he's like, this is the perfect set of parents to like try this. Test this. Yeah. Wow. And so, yeah, she gets attached to this boy. And then all of a sudden the son. Yes. All of a sudden it's better. Now the boy out of Clark's Android boy is disposable now. Yeah. So now the Android boy is disposable and the kid doesn't like it. And he fucks with it. Yeah. And then it leads to now like the parents have to like the mom has to like get rid of him. And basically drops them off in the middle of nowhere. And like and says, it's a All dog right. or something, right? Like yeah. it's a pet. They do, and the end of that movie is also kind of crazy. The way it ends. Oh, I, that's I love that too. That yeah, ending is it's, it's such a horrible ending yes. and a great ending. It's so depressing. Yeah, but like, uh, yeah. So he he traverses the world seeking out. Uh, he thinks like because his mom used to read him Pinocchio when he was a kid, right? That if he could find a blue fairy, he'll be a, a real boy. Oh, so he's yeah. like believes. So this robot starts to believe in this thing that can't happen. And that's like the first thing that like makes him kind of human. Isn't there like a circus too? Doesn't he, isn't there like a droid circus or yeah, something? Yeah, there's a, there's a, yeah, there's like a bunch of people who take robots and beat the shit out of them. Oh, for fun. right, 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 right. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's like Westworld a little bit, a little bit yeah. of, uh, all these things. It's a good, it's a really good movie. I always liked it. Yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a misunderstood fucking weird ass movie that you wouldn't expect from Spielberg. But then the reason why is because it's a Kubrick film. Yeah. Yep. So um, it was an interesting rewatch after watching Megan and after seeing all these Pinocchios this year. And it, it's one of those movies that it's about a, your life existing. What is what is we're on that precipice of AI right now, but it's learning right now how to be more and more human every day. And I think that Kurzweil said the singularity is supposed to happen before 2000, uh, 2030, 2030 or right before that. But I think it's going to accelerate faster than that. I think it's going to be before 2026. Yeah. I welcome our robot overlords. (laughs) I will do your bidding. No problem. Right. Um, the, uh, all right. Good stuff. Yeah. Both. I want to check out Megan. Uh, out this week. Next week we will be reviewing guys Shazam, Fury, Fury of the Gods coming out March seventeenth, but really the Thursday before. Ah, uh, they are two post credit scenes. I don't Shazam. know why. I don't know why if they're trying to set something up. There's two post credit scenes. Say that again, Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I don't know. I'm. I'm not really excited. I don't know. Hopefully this thing I can go in with low expectations and have a good time. Uh, so watch that. We'll review it next week. And then if you're a Ted Lasso fan, that picks comes back this week. Uh, season three. Oh, love the Ted. I like Ted Lasso. I like the Ted Lasso. So, okay. That's it for this week. Rocks. Where can the people find you online? 
Really rug boy on Twitter. Link to all that stuff in on our website in the show notes, how you can support the show, how you can get in touch with us, send us a message, an email, a voicemail, whatever. Most importantly, share the show with your friends. Thank you for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. We'll beep you next time. Yeah, bring us up in polite conversation. Absolutely. Like, jock and nerd. You know what? I heard on the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Fuck that show. No, don't say that. Then if you have a dream about your teeth falling out, it means a family member will die. My balls was hot. <laughs> jock and nerd. <laughs>